let's just kind of maybe go back to where this whole process started from your office in the university when you guys really started sitting down and talking about how you wanted to address this and which resulted yesterday in the announcement of officially online classes. Yes. Um, well, we've been discussing and dealing with this since, what, early January? Um, because we, first of all, knew very well that we uh, had students that were possibly had gone home for the holidays uh, to China and potentially, I think, a few students to Wuhan and wanted to reach out to them to make sure that when they return or if they had returned that we follow the appropriate protocol of self-quarantining to keep the rest of the university safe. And then as things progressed, it became even more pervasive in terms of our efforts to better understand how we needed to respond, to get a better sense of this disease and how it was um, essentially moving across the globe and what was the implication for our faculty, staff, and students that were studying abroad uh, in other countries. Uh, Italy was one of the first ones, as you know, that we uh, initially encouraged people but then demanded that all of our students return from there. And I think 99.9% uh, .9, of them did come back. Uh, and so now uh, we're dealing with the latest announcement from the Trump administration about Europe. And that's having significant implications in terms of how we deal with the rest of our study abroad. But it's bigger than that. I think the main issue for us is that this is new territory. We haven't been here before as a university, as a country, and as a world. And so with that, we have very early decided that we need to proceed with the abundance of caution in terms of being thoughtful and responsible in the decisions we make, but always keeping at the forefront the safety of our faculty, staff, and students is first and foremost what we're concerned about. And then as we learn more, as this began to spread, you know, and the community spread of this became a critical problem. It forced us to look at it in the context of what is the best way to proceed to mitigate this, and mitigation appears to be the best uh, way to proceed, and that is what is driving our decision to move as much as our academic content as we can online, but at the same time, keeping operational continuity as much as we can for the research and the other aspects of the university that can't shut down. We have research animals. We've got millions, billions, millions of dollars of research that you just can't turn the valve off of. How do you maintain that operational continuity? How do you uh, maintain some continuity in terms of our staff? And how do you provide an opportunity? As you know, we have a very large number of international students and also domestic students that don't have the wherewithal to go away for spring break. And if they can't go away, we had an absolute commitment to figure out how we would continue to keep them safe and until we see our way uh, through this thing. So it's been a very comprehensive effort. And the thing I think I would like your readers to understand that when you're dealing with something like this, you have to think about every aspect of the university from HR to people in facilities. Uh, it's not just the students, it's not just the courses we teach, it's the entire operation. And um, we tried to be as complete and thorough. I thought my team did an amazing job in the email, especially this one to my right, who shall remain nameless. Amazing drafting of a complex issue 
in ways that I think assuage not all, but most of the concerns that were coming from our community, but some of the students and maybe some of the faculty that thought perhaps we aren't moving fast enough. But this is a complex issue. You can't rush to judgment. You can't rush to decision to make one of the most draconian, the right word? Yeah, yeah, consequential. <laughs> Decisions in the history of this university. You don't do that rapidly. You don't do it without a lot of reflection and playing scenarios in your head and going back and forth. And uh, very, very proud of my provost, Andreas Cangellaris, proud of all of our deans, all of the staff in Andreas's office, folks across this entire university, Robin and her communication team, who have worked tirelessly for the last... I mean, been working tirelessly since January, but the last two weeks it's been, this has been the full-time focus. This is what we've had to focus on. So we will get through this together uh, because I think we've been uh, thoughtful and tried to be as responsible as we can in terms of how we uh, made this decision. And now we'll spend the next week and a half or a week or so working on the implementation strategy, getting things online, dealing with how we're going to feed the kids that are not able to live, uh, leave and make sure that we uh, are protecting, providing, you know, uh, shelter for them as well. And so we try to be as thoughtful and reflectful and, and responsible in this as we possibly can. Was community spread kind of what pushed you guys over the top in terms of going to all online classes or was it just a really large combination of things? It was a combination of things. I think it was, as you've heard probably time and time again in all the reports, it's the social distancing uh, is a big critical component of this because the last thing you want is to not, and all of that research and data shows that the sooner you act, the better off you are in terms of mitigation. The longer you wait to act, the number of cases could potentially swamp the capacity of the healthcare system here to, to care for people, and that was a great concern to us. Were there any of the other universities around the Big Ten, around the country, that already went online earlier this week? Did that play a role in your decision at all? Were you guys already basically there and just waiting to make the final call? We were, you know, when you do something like this, there's a procedure and a protocol you have to go through. I just can't declare this in isolation from the rest of uh, the colleges and within the University of Illinois, the university within the system. And uh, you have to work with the governor's office, you have to work with the system office, but a lot of those places were looking for us for leadership in this regard because of the infrastructure we have, the committees that we had structured to deal with this. A lot of the other institutions, I think as facts, were looking to us to see what we were doing. And so we weren't, we weren't influenced necessarily by the other Big Ten universities because there were three or four, I think, that went out, that uh, announced on Tuesday. And then there were a number that announced the same time we did yesterday, Michigan and a number of others. But uh, so I think first it was Ohio State, Michigan State, Bloomington, University of Indiana, and uh, uh, Purdue University, you know, and then the, the rest of us you know, we've been working on this for a long time, but it's like I said, you just don't, you just don't flick a switch, and <laughs> so that's that's the reason that it may appear that this was not done as fast as it could should have been done. But I think we proceeded with abundance of care and abundance of caution, and with the primary issue being making sure whatever decision we had to make 
you know, not knowing what the what the outcome of this is going to be. We have to be able to sleep better at night knowing we did what we needed to do. And wouldn't you say too that part of the reason we did it when we did it was we took enough time to make sure that operationally we knew things could be implemented. We didn't announce before we knew where the rubber meets the road, yeah. we can do this. We don't run this universe by the seat of our pants. Uh, you, you, you can't make this kind of big decision, as Robin said, without operationally knowing and having a, a sense of our capacity to move things online. And it's, everything can't be delivered online. What about the uh, studio arts people? What about the performing arts folks? What about the research that goes on the lab? What about the clinical? And so we had a lot to think through, and we're still a work in progress. We don't have all of it figured out. Some of the HR aspects are still being worked out. When it comes to commencement, this is a really changing by the hour, by the minute situation with all the, you mentioned the tournaments being canceled and things. Yeah. When will a decision be made on commencement? Is it too soon right now? We're not ready to make those kinds of decisions. We did make decisions, as you saw, about study abroad and some of those other things. We thought we had to do that so that people can plan. But as we get into this implementation phase of going to online and try to manage the operational aspects, you know, in due time, I can't tell you when that will be, we will make a decision about other kinds of big activities. And we know how critically important uh, commencement is, and not uh, trying to slide it, it's a critically important uh, time in the lives and experiences of our students who worked hard for that day. But again, at the end of the day, you have to make a judgment about what's most important to celebrate or to keep folks safe. And I think we always are going to go with the issue of safety. But we're not in a point at a point where we are ready to make that decision. And, and wouldn't you say the, the factors going into it will be how can we recreate that experience or make sure that they have that memory and are able to do something either this May or later or virtually or something. Yeah. We, I can so, guarantee yeah. we're not going to say, yeah. sorry, blame it on COVID-19 with full media diploma. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to do that. Uh, but, I mean, you understand in the last 48 hours, this thing has increased exponentially. Uh, let me look at all the decisions that were made as we were sitting around the table here today regarding uh, the Big Ten and uh, the tournament, you know, and it's been canceled. And, I mean, not just going to no spectators, the thing has been canceled. It's done, <laughs> you know. And While teams are on the floor warming well, up to play. Yeah, and I can guarantee the other power team, five teams, I uh, know the SEC is also. You said one, somebody had a game going on right Big now? Big East is playing right now. Big East is that? playing right yeah. now? We figure that's going to be the last game. It, I can dare you. Uh, Big Ten goes, the rest of the power five are going to be right behind them. And, I think they all have uh, the, the, Big but East, the Big East is the only one. The Big power East five. is the only one, only yeah. Only power five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the only Well, I can guarantee yeah. you. Um, they probably didn't want to pick, pull kids off the floor in the middle of a, a three-point shot, but uh, they will. Uh, I, it, it's going to happen, and then that's going to influence what the NCAA does. But Robert, wouldn't you also say that for every question we're able to answer, it raises another set of questions? It's amazing. So it's, it's amazing. You know, if we really you, need some time to work through. And a lot that's of those what things. we're trying yeah. to get our students and others to understand. The question they're asking are the right questions. And they shouldn't assume that we haven't thought about them. It's just that we can, if we'd addressed every question that needed to be addressed, that mass email would have been 100 pages long. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that's the dynamic that we're trying to get people to see. And we're working our way. They just opened the call center? Yes, line? the call center will open at 1 today. At 1 yeah. today mm -hmm. as a way of 
people being able to uh, call in and ask questions and access whatever information we have. We will tell them. We will tell them what we know, and tell them other questions that we may not be able to ask. We're working on it and check back and. Uh, We'll, we'll get to, to it website. as quickly as you can. Yeah, go to the website. That's where a lot of the information is. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if this has been discussed, but will, mm -hmm. like, room and board be prorated if people go home? Or will tuition, will there be a tuition discount? Will there be... We, there we, we're going to be meeting again in about an hour to start to address some of those financial issues because, okay. you know, that's at the top of the mind of, of some people, <laughs> yeah. and you can't blame them. But um, we will work through each and every one of these issues. So I can't tell you we're going to prorate or what we're going to do, but they will be addressed in as thoughtful a way as we've addressed this issue from day one. So I can assure you of that. Okay. And, and yeah. wouldn't you say the deans were absolutely clear, and as were you and Andreas, that the pedagogy, the, the, the course delivery will need to be the quality of University of Illinois and the, the uh, now, depth and breadth of, that people yeah. are expecting. This is not a watered down, the, anybody that's graduating or, or enrolled, whether you're graduating or not, is not going to get a watered down education during the duration of this face-to-face uh, -face being canceled because we've been doing online education for a long time and all the data clearly shows that it's as effective, in some cases perhaps even more effective than face-to-face. -face. And so quality is the bedrock for this university and everything that we do in terms of our teaching, our research, and our engagement. So, Was there any um, thought of just canceling school the rest of the year? Was that, that, <laughs> how many times did that come up? Did it come up at all? Not very often. I, I mean, uh, because... Um, because of the I online factor, you already do that anyway. We have the capacity to deliver education and, and uh, using a lot of contemporary means. Online is one way to do it. And so it really was not on our short list of possibilities. Couldn't I can't get my mind around just canceling university. And we know that there were a number of petitions around the country for, for, by students to, to do that. But that's antithetical to the whole mission of education. And, you know... If, the only way something like that could possibly make sense if you had an outbreak that was really rampant across the university and you had no other choice. But um, no, so that was never uh, discussed in any meeting that I was part of. So, um, non-virus question. Uh, <laughs> Can we switch gears? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Um, the vote on the Kingfisher design. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Yeah, we did. Does yeah. that add pressure to? come up with a new mascot or anything? No or? pressure any greater than my position on this is in the four and a half, three and a half, almost four years that I've been here. My position hasn't changed. There's no pressure on me to name a mascot. Um, the whole issue of a mascot was part of what we asked the uh, commission to deal with. They made specific recommendations that as soon as we finish uh, thinking through our implementation strategy, which we're getting close, uh, we will deal with the issue of mascot or not. And if there is a mascot, what will be the process for doing it? I'm very clear about this. If there uh, is that we, if we have a mascot, it has to be vetted broadly across the university with our current students and our alums. Otherwise, you're going to get what appears to be happening in my email inbox is a lot of angry people who are very upset that there's an effort 
they don't see it as a student effort. They see it as a, on the university's part to name a mascot without the engagement of the broader university community. And we absolutely made it very clear when I first came here that was an effort where they were trying to push the name of mascot and appoint a committee. And I just don't, we can't do that in isolation of a process and some real deep discussions about what's in the best interest of the university. And a mascot is not the only way to have new tradition in the Bill school spirit. It's one way, but it's not the only way. And so we're going to be looking at those issues as well in the broader context of how do we move beyond Native American imagery uh, to a system where we honor Native Americans and keep them at the center of what we do as a world-class research university. You mentioned hoping to release your results of those uh, recommendations soon. Do you have a timeline for that? Do you know when you might release those? I know this is coronavirus is dominating you right now. It slows it down probably a little bit. Yeah. We we are ready to tee it up to have a discussion um, uh, with the university community about that, but right now getting us through this period is the top of my mind. We haven't lost sight that this remains a critical issue, but so I can't tell you. We'll get it done as quickly as we can. And, you know, and I think if you had a chance to see my state of the university address, some of the things that are not, quote-unquote, chief-related, we've already decided to move on. Yeah. You know, uh, this in-state tuition for... Uh, tribal uh, Native American tribal nation members from all over the country can come here and pay in-state tuition. Those are the kinds of things that we decided is not related to the chief. This is what's doing what's right to really honor Native American heritage and culture, and there's no better way to do that than providing educational access. When it comes to polls, maybe in general, not so much with the Kingfisher, but just when the students have these votes, 7,000 is less than a quarter of the student population. Is that a big enough sample size? And again, not just mascot related, just in any poll students are trying to push an issue onto the administrators to get their thoughts on it. Is that a big enough sample size or is you're more than 30,000 students short of a full student body representation in a vote like that? You know, I, I don't know if you really, you know, that's not what drives the decision uh, actually is how many people vote from my perspective. It's whether or not the, it's the process and whether or not the proposition aligns with our values about what's right for this university. If that alignment isn't there, it, you know, it really, the, the number of students that vote is not a, the reason we would say, no, we would never do that because not enough students voted for it. It's, we don't have some majority threshold that we look at. And the reason these things, I assume, are non-binding because at the end of the day, we have to make decisions of this nature in the broader context of the entire university, not just looking at the wishes or desires of a small or even a large number of people. If it doesn't align with what we, our values, then we're not obligated to do it. There are some Big Ten schools, uh, Indiana, Michigan, who don't even have a mascot. Would you be fine with just this school as long as you're in this chair not even having one? Let me, put it this, let me put it yeah. this way. As I said a few moments ago, there are some very fine institutions that don't have a mascot, yeah. and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah.